Radio Life Sciences podcast for a behind-the-scenes look into GSLS, made by students and educators for the scientists of tomorrow. Welcome to another episode of the Radio Life Sciences. Today we will discuss the new Food for Health and Safety course that starts in February. It is a collaboration between the Dutch Ministry of Defense, the Dutch Ministry of Economic Affairs and Climate, UMC Utrecht and three Dutch universities. Students from Utrecht, Eindhoven and Wageningen will be working on a real-life problem. This problem is touching upon the fields of logistics, sustainability, design and health. Students will design a new food concept that's sustainable and satisfactory for military on training and missions. Today, Vivian will talk with course coordinators, Michelle Herbrands and Marcie van Riet-Dortland. Hello, how Hello. are you, Marcie? Oh yeah, I'm fine, thanks. Yeah. Cool. And you, Michelle? Yeah, I have a great. I had a great day with online meetings with my colleagues, also uh, with the Food for Health and Safety team. So yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks. Sounds like the general day in 2020. So um, we're going to talk about the Food for Health and Safety course. This is the first time the challenge is going to be held, right? Yes. Yeah. In February. Nice. And um, how did it start? Who came up with the idea? Yeah, actually, it was um, a lady from uh, Economic Affairs. Uh, she's very much into challenge-based learning. And she thought it would be a nice idea if we had a... She was also very specific. She said it would be very nice if Ministry of Defense organizes challenge on, on food. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> with uh, Wageningen University, because that's, of course, food is one of their topics. So, so she suggested to organize a challenge with Wageningen Universiteit and Ministry of Defense. And she dropped the idea. And then you guys worked it out further and uh, added the other universities. Yeah, then we started to brainstorm a little bit with Wageningen University. And then it was really in the beginning of the start of the collaboration between Wageningen, Utrecht and, and Eindhoven in the alliance. And then Ineke, that's the lady from Economic Affairs, she thought, well, maybe it's also nice to expand the uh, challenge and also organize it with all the universities of the challenge. and then. Yeah, the cooperation with all the universities started. Yeah, sounds super good. And um, how do you uh, envision the course? What are the core elements of the course, Michelle? Yeah, well, what, what Marge mentioned, uh, mentioned earlier that there's an alliance. Uh, we started this year. The alliance has four partners. It's the University Utrecht, the Technical University in Eindhoven, the Wageningen University and the University Medical Center in Utrecht. And we saw an opportunity to um, see this collaboration as a first pilot because one of the aims of the Alliance is to develop education with the four partners. And one of the main characteristics is challenge-based learning. And because this uh, first assignment is so complex that it was uh, an opportunity for us to create a challenge. Maybe before we continue, maybe it's good to uh, tell more about the, the assignment. Marge, maybe you can uh, elaborate on this. Yeah, yeah, that's you're, fine. You're the client officially for this challenge. Yeah, so actually this challenge came at a very good moment because now we already have a certain food concept and where we have uh, mobile satellite kitchens. 
it's a kitchen built within a container. And uh, when you are on a mission or uh, having an exercise, then we have deep frozen meals, which are regenerated in these uh, kitchens. But these kitchens, they are now uh, like 10 years old. They need to be replaced. So we thought it's a nice moment to see again if this food concept is still valid. So because we have many challenges also within Ministry of Defense, of course, with sustainability and that kind of things. So we thought maybe we should think of a whole new food concept. And as Michelle already said, this could be quite challenging because you have all new kinds of technologies and you, it's not only about technology and also not only about food. It's also about psychological effects of uh, food because currently the people don't like the, the food that much, but it, yeah, it, it doesn't have a good image, but it also has several reasons. It's not per se that the food is bad, but it yeah, has many aspects which have to do with that. So it's a very broad subject to be investigated. So yeah, that's why we think it's very interesting for such a challenge. As you mentioned before, Marja, it's not only about food, uh, but it's also about how the soldiers experience the food after a very hard day in the field. But also, it's also about energy. Uh, it's about waste. So there are a lot of different perspectives that need to be taken into account to come up with a new concept, a new food concept. And that's, I think, the reason why this is so suitable for a challenge in which students from all the universities will collaborate in interdisciplinary teams. Uh, together with other stakeholders, such as Marcia as a client, but also with soldiers, the, the end users, but also experts from the university or from uh, the corporate uh, field, uh, to gather all the expertise and knowledge to create a new food concept. So that's why uh, challenge-based learning is suitable for this assignment. And definitely the choices of the universities or the specific backgrounds of the university all combined in this challenge are really the interdisciplinary field you need, I think. Exactly. Yeah, we have very high, very high expectations, of course. <laughs> all these universities have their own uh, expertise and, and specialties and yeah, that they can all address different aspects of this um, vraagstuk. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely <laughs> know what you mean. Vraagstuk, yeah. So um, from which educational uh, levels do you expect students to um, enroll in the course? Well, we set now the conditions based on bachelor year three and master level. So every student from bachelor year three uh, and master level can participate. Okay, so also from every study within... Uh, every study, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I think sometimes we, we have a lot of students who say, well, I don't have a, my I have a different educational background, so can I still collaborate and participate? And what we try to explain is that your educational background plays, of course, a role in the process of developing a new concept, a new food concept. But it's more than that. You need to learn how to gather the right expertise and the right knowledge. So you have to learn as a student to build bridges between not only your team members, but also with other stakeholders and become aware of the knowledge that is lacking in the team, but also the knowledge that you need and the stakeholders that you need to gather that information and, and expertise. So, and that is also one of the, um, I think, the main advantages for students to collaborate and to participate, because I think that that is a very 
uh, important uh, skill you have to learn as a future professional because we live in a world where there are so many complex problems that you can't solve it only with your own expertise. So you really need to learn how to cross those boundaries and, and build those bridges to other expertises, but also uh, people with a lot of experience. So it's not only academic knowledge, but it's also about, for example, in the context of this challenge, how soldiers experience eating this food and not only for a week but maybe for six months when they're far away abroad on a mission you can only get that information by talking to uh, your end user in this um, context so with the soldiers so that's so, also going to happen in this challenge yeah yeah especially when we have uh, four main um, offline events so far and the first event is the kickoff and that, and that is especially focused on meeting the client but also meeting the soldiers meeting colleagues uh, marches uh, march colleagues uh, who prepare the food everybody who is uh, involved in the whole logistical process and also the um, the supplier who prepares the meals for example so yeah wow Sounds really yeah. big. A lot of organizational uh, processes going on there. Yeah, there are many stakeholders involved. So, uh, yeah, as Michelle said, it's important that, that all students have an opportunity to talk to them or at least hear their story. Because of COVID, we don't know yet how we will organize it, but at least we will, we will make sure that they get to know the, all these stakeholders. Sounds super cool. So, for sure, it's going to start in February. And yeah. I, if, if it's online or offline, it's going to happen. Absolutely. And now we, as I mentioned earlier, we have four big uh, live events offline. And in between, we have an, uh, an online learning environment where students can collaborate, but also meet experts. We offer workshops online, webinars. Each team will get a coach. So we, yeah, we invested a lot of time to create very interesting blended educational concept for our students yeah yeah it's really really cool yeah. um so to me if i if i think of the military or of the and think of food and of course that's that's crucial for the well-being being of soldiers and the recovery of their hard physical work and i have the feeling that that the military is always in the front line of innovation and stuff but is this then is it the first time that we do a challenge like this with for the military like is this the first thing we try to change for the food concept there Maartje? well there has been there has been a lot of innovation in the in the food area itself but then it was mainly with uh, uh, with food producers i i don't think that it was with with uh, knowledge institutes like universities and challenge like this that's definitely very new it's new in many ways not only for defense i think but but that so many students because in the end we would like to have 60 students that 60 students are thinking about a new concept new food concept that's really um, that's very new so um that sounds like a great great course to follow in your masters or bachelors right so not only will you work on a like real life problem but you will also develop personal skills and i've read in the course description that one of the course goals is being able to deal with uncertainty and in which aspect or how will students 
learn this through this challenge, Michelle? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I think that most of the students are accustomed to uh, an educational landscape that offers a lot of structure for them. So yeah. of course, they have you know, freedom within certain boundaries. So they have to do a research assignment or uh, follow, uh, attend several lectures, for example. And uh, if you consider challenge-based learning, we say to the students, well, we will facilitate you, we will moderate your process, but you're in the lead. So we will provide you with all kinds of skills. Uh, we will coach you. Um, if you have a question, please ask that question. But we're not going to tell them how to develop a concept. Yeah. So in a sense, they, have, they are in the lead. And uh, in my experience, uh, there are students who find it really confusing in the beginning because they're so used of being told what to do in a sense. And they have to discover that being in the lead also comes with certain um, insecurities about decisions you have to make because you, you are not always, you don't always have the right information to make the right decisions at a certain point in your process. And uh, you have to deal with those insecurities. And if you pitch your first concept to your client and you get a lot of feedback and you uh, gain new insights and think uh, that your concept is not use, useful or not feasible, you have to start over again. So it's a very interesting, but also a very trial and error kind of learning and discovering how you can create a good solution for your client. And if you're not used of learning in this way, then yeah, it, it can get a bit tricky sometimes, but uh, when students get the, the grip on that process and also become aware of the fact that insecurities are part of this challenge, then they become really confident and they are really proud of their own decisions. Sounds like uh, also a great life lesson. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it's also a matter of discovering that you're not alone. So you really need help, but you are the one who needs to ask for help. Yeah. And, and that's also an awareness process. So you don't have to tackle it alone. And you have peers. So we do a lot of peer feedback sessions, but also coaching. We offer a lot of expert panels, but you can also look for your own experts. If you need a, a specific expert that we do not offer in a webinar or in an expert panel, you are free to contact an expert or a stakeholder. And if you want to interview a soldier, then you contact a soldier and you interview a soldier. So, but it's up to the teams to make their own decisions in this process. But it's like also um, working as a team, as soldiers do, relying on each other, helping each other. It's really the bridge between the project and also for who you are doing it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the team building and team forming is a crucial part of every challenge. And that's, that is also why we start with team building and team forming. Yeah, 
And community building is very important also to create a safe learning environment. Because being respectful towards your teammates, but also towards other people who are involved, but also feeling safe to show your insecurities or ask that questions, not knowing how to proceed in your process. Those questions are all important to, to ask and to get help, yeah, to make the next step in, in creating a good solution for the client. And what are the kind of students you really want to see or uh, think that should be participating in this challenge? Because a few podcasts back, I, um, I interviewed somebody about her course and then she said, oh, I think it's a really good idea if uh, PhD students will follow my course because it will really be about education and learning how to educate and you have to teach as well in your PhD. So what are the kind of students you really encourage to sign up for the course? I think that if you see this as an opportunity to learn more about yourself, but also develop your own skills, if you think this is an opportunity for you to uh, extend your network, to really work on on an authentic problem and solve a problem, then please participate because motivation is, I think, the most crucial aspect of joining this challenge. And it does not matter what your educational background is. So if you're motivated to participate and you're, you're excited to, to challenge yourself, but also challenge uh, others to participate, then please join. And uh, I often heard students who are insecure about if they have you know, the right expertise or the right knowledge level, you don't have to doubt yourself because I think doubt, doubting yourself is maybe your, a strength in challenge-based learning. <laughs> so it's not about educational level or, or about expertise. It's about being motivated to, to join and to learn more about yourself, about your skills, your talents. Yeah, and I think also trying to discover your creativity. I think everybody's creative and it's a very creative process. And I think that this uh, problem is so diverse that there's always some kind of subject where you know something of or that you can think of with, with others. I think it's also the added value of these interdisciplinary teams that you can strengthen each other and yeah, that nice results will come from that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you guys already have plans for the future? Do you uh, want to do it again next year or is it going to be a whole different concept? Or The Alliance, of course, mm-hmm. we are just starting to, to collaborate and to, we are, of course, we have ambitions to create a solid, a long-term collaboration with the four partners. So I think that this challenge is an is a great opportunity and but Marge can elaborate on if defense is interested in participating in the next challenge i can't say right now but i think uh, there are so many different topics with which need to be investigated so i can imagine that that uh, the minister of defense is very enthusiastic to join again let's first make this one a success and then we'll see you again <laughs> sounds like a good start yeah <laughs> Yeah.
yeah so every every podcast we do a round of questions which are uh, based on a browse questionnaire and um i just want to hear the first thing that pops up in your head it doesn't matter just answer straight away here comes the first one what are your favorite qualities in a person Maartje. humor humor great one and michelle honesty and um, what is your most marked characteristic, Michelle? Well, I have to admit, I'm not really a patient professional. <laughs> so now during this COVID period, I'm really practicing being patient. Nice. A nice challenge. Absolutely. <laughs> and Martje? I try to be friendly. Nice. Uh, it's not really marked. I'm not very a marked person. I don't have very marked characteristics, I think. Oh, that's also a good answer, right? How would you define success for the challenge? Um, yeah, success has, man- has multiple aspects. It, I mean, for, for defense, of course, it would be very nice if we have a useful outcome of the challenge. But I think it's we are, could also be satisfied if the, the students meet certain learning goals and they have, have a nice experience doing the challenge and also get to know Minister of Defense better and maybe even think about working for defense in the future. That would be very nice. Yeah, And in general, what is success in general? It can be all kinds of different things. If you have, if you finish something, if you uh, get some satisfaction from doing something. Uh, yeah, all kinds of positive results of positive outcomes of doing something. Then I think it's a success. Yeah. And for you, Michelle? For me, success is if you stay true to what really makes you happy. I would define that as success as well, yeah. Yeah. What is to you the ultimate challenge besides this one? What's the ultimate challenge in life, Maartje? Uh, I think uh, the ultimate challenge is being satisfied with, with yourself and what you do and not being distracted by what other people think that you should do or how you should be, but just being satisfied with yourself. That's I think it's for many people that's a challenge, but I think that's uh, that's very important. And uh, yeah, I agree, and I see Mich- Michelle also agrees. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I think that self-love and completely accepting yourself is, I think, the ultimate challenge, and that's directly related to what what other people think or say, or sometimes you're put in a, in a small box. And um, that's how people can define you. But that's not at all what it's all about. So if you can really focus on what you think makes you happy and what you want to do in life, then that's the most important thing. So, and, and that's, I think, the only way to love yourself and to in, in accepting yourself. Yeah, definitely. And. Um... If you could talk to anyone who lived before you, who would that person be, Michelle? Yeah, if I had the chance to meet Johanna Westerdijk for an afternoon, that would be great. Because she was the first professor in the Netherlands, Johanna Westerdijk. So the first question I would like to ask her, how it was when she first, the first meeting with all those men, in a room as a single woman and yeah i think and i also read on the website uh, of the university that she 
she was really aware of the fact that she had to help other women. So when there was a PhD position available, she, um, she would hire women first. And she was also a very, uh, um, she was a party woman as well. And she, her motto was working and partying from healthy minds. So she, I think she was really a modern woman uh, for her time. Uh, and in that time. So yeah, I would love to uh, to spend uh, an afternoon with her, maybe with a good bottle of white wine and uh, <laughs> good story, yeah. Sounds very interesting, yeah. And for you, Maartje? Just thinking about it, yeah, you're right. These female role models, they are very in inspiring. Like you have all these kind of adventurous uh, women in the, from the 19th century and the, the women who paved the way also for who started to working in uh, defense and um, be nice to talk to those women, how they, how they experienced it and how they did it. And because they really paved the way. And I think it's, uh, they should be very strong characters to be able to do, to act against all the, the, the opinions and the men dominated uh, society. So um, yeah, it will be very inspiring. Cool. What um, do you guys enjoy the most? Like, doing or well not during the pandemic i mean but if if we could what would you love to do michelle oh well for me it's very simple spending time with my sons i have two sons who are in puberty at the moment so whenever i get the chance to talk to them about what they're doing what's on their minds then um, yeah, I love to to chat with them um, and I also love cycling as well yeah and now in this COVID times I, I really like to to take long walks and meeting friends and you Marcia uh, my favorite activity during COVID or uh, well maybe without the COVID part <laughs> Fortunately, many things I like to do are still possible, um, like sporting. But I think when uh, when COVID is gone, then uh, yes, I would I would like to meet yeah more friends. That, that's right. And also, I hope that I am doing a yoga teacher training, and I really hope that it will continue soon because now it's it's cancelled. So I'm really looking forward to that. Cool, cool. Oh, nice. Mm, another question. Have you always known what you wanted to become when you grew up? No, I still don't know yet. So, yeah. <laughs> the ultimate answer, yeah. You, Michelle? When I was young, I think that uh, I, was, I, I didn't know what I wanted to become. But I was aware of the fact that I wanted to share knowledge and help people out. So, um, I think that are two basic ingredients to end up in the educational uh, domain True. but when i was 13 years old i really wanted to become a helicopter pilot really oh cool <laughs> yeah. yeah after all uh, i end up um, doing computer science but did you take any um, lessons to learn how to fly or no because i had some um, issues with my growth because I'm very tall now and I had back problems so I decided that my back problems were not the right condition for me to become a, a, a helicopter pilot so oh. yeah but that's too bad that you couldn't become a, a helicopter pilot 
Yeah, I think I was also insecure about my own abilities to to do uh, this, and um, yeah. That's maybe also why you started this challenge and trying to uh, encourage people to um, live up to their dreams and to... Yeah, yeah, I think that one of my main uh, motivations to do this kind of work is to coach and to help young talents and young students to yeah to to grow and to develop themselves into happy professionals in a sense i think that is my main yeah concern and my biggest joy to do this kind of work What was your biggest fear when you were a student, Maarten? That I wouldn't get my uh, mark for statistics, <laughs> a good grade for statistics. That's the common thing around students, I think. <laughs> and you, Michelle? Well, it sounds a bit silly, but uh, my main concern was that I would not graduate in four years because when I started my bachelor, I was a single mother. And my son was two years old. So I was really insecure how I could combine motherhood with being a full-time student. But in the end, I did it in four and a half years. So it all worked out <laughs> fine. You made yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The last one. What is your life motto? Maartje? I didn't think about it. I, maybe I don't have a life motto, but... Um... Try to have fun, don't have too high expectations, and just enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, that's a great one, right? And you, Michelle? Well, my motto is, and I'm still working on it, because a motto is also um, a way uh, to reflect and to learn. I think that uh, my motto is that making mistakes is uh, one of the most greatest ways of learning and learning not only as a professional but also learn more about who you are as a person i think that we also live in a society where making mistakes is not seen as a positive thing so if i make mistakes i try not to blame myself or to self-criticize and see my own faults as a strength to reflect on and to learn from so Um, and in the end, you have to be kind to yourself. So make mistakes, don't blame yourself, learn from your mistakes and be happy with yourself. Great encouragement for the students of the challenge as well, I think. Yeah, but it's yeah. so true. You learn, you learn more from making mistakes and everything goes well. That's really, that's just true. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So um, each podcast, we uh, like to end with a book or uh, series or, or any podcast you listen to that you recommend and um, do you have any recommendations? Shall I start, uh, Maartje? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Well, of course, I listen to the other podcasts, so I had to come up with a new book. Um, if I would, could recommend a book, it would be the book from uh, Yuval Noah Harari, 21st Lessons for the 21st Century. And I think that everyone should read this book because he has such in, an interesting view and perspective on so many topics that are important for us living in this decade and also in this century, in a sense. So, yeah, I would recommend this to 
everybody to read and it's very easy to read so nice. buy it <laughs> read it you martin i forgot the name but this is this new documentary of david attenborough oh yeah and that's a very yeah a really good wake-up call that we uh, have to continue working on the climate change and saving our planet and working on biodiversity and um i would yeah. recommend that one do you know the name i forgot life on our planet is it that oh, is it yeah that? i think so any last um encouragement for people to uh to sign up for the for the course yeah i think that this course is really a great opportunity to meet new people uh to extend your network to learn more about who you are develop your skills your talents it's a, a part-time course it's seven half ec so it's about 10 hours per week so you can really combine it with other courses it's it's mostly online so uh, you're very flexible to uh, combine it with your other mandatory courses and i think that marge as a client is it's a very interesting uh, assignment because it's so complex but also so multi-diverse for students to to work on so join us yes definitely yeah, i think it's very good nice opportunity and it's also of course very special if you're if you're the first participant in this very um exclusive uh, for university challenge with yeah. ministry of defense so yeah. yeah yeah super cool okay well thank you both for uh, joining me yeah thank you for the opportunity vivian to uh, share yeah. our news on this interesting challenge so i'm looking forward to starting in february yeah i'm really uh, looking forward to um seeing all the results absolutely We would like to thank Michelle and Marcie for joining our podcast to talk about the new Food for Health and Safety course. It is such an innovative approach to education, and we cannot wait to see the results of this collaboration. This episode was brought to you by Vivian and Susanna. Thank you for listening. Radio. Life